Turn with me, if you will, to Revelation chapter 20. And we will be finishing up uh, this week. And uh, I forgot to change that slide, but that's all right. Revelation chapter 22, beginning at verse... Um, now I messed it up. Yeah, verse 12. I was right. Verse 12. <laughs> I've got to change it on the uh, list over here. Verse 12 is where we start. And um, just thinking about the end of the book of Revelation here, it, it shows us and, and encourages us that Jesus Christ is coming soon. And so we look to Him for our help and for our um, encouragement today. We, 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 we need to be anticipating His coming. Because He is coming back, and He is coming soon. And how we live today shows us how um, we can continue to um, just to be in His presence and, 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 and uh, continue on being the people He's called us to be, living in the way that He's called us to. So let's read those verses together, beginning at verse 12. It says, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me, to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root of the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come. And the one who, sa who hears says, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book, of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come. Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Let's pray again. Lord, we just ask, God, that you add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> Anticipation. We love, we love to anticipate things that, that are coming, especially good things that are coming. There's nothing like anticipating um, a, a batch of cookies in the oven or, or a cake that we know is going to be really good that's cooking. And so we, so we wait for it. There's anticipation in, in a waiting for uh, the paycheck to come because we know we, we, we get to spend money again. <laughs> there, there's anticipation for some of the good things in life 
that we often wait for. There, there, there's anticipation in that first uh, newborn child that's coming. And while there might be some suffering and pain, I say some, probably a lot. Some of you, some of you ladies look at me like, what do you mean? <laughs> there was a lot of suffering and pain. But, there is, but, but, that, but that suffering and pain is quickly replaced by the joy of having that new child. The anticipation for that is kind of both fearful and, and sweet at the same time. Anticipation. It's, it's great to look forward to something that, that, that's, that, that's to come. Sometimes anticipation brings about fear, especially if we know um, something bad is coming. But for the most part, the, the, the anticipation of a good thing coming produces a desire and motivation in our hearts for that thing to come. And so we, we, we wait for it patiently. We, we, we wait for it expectantly. We, we wait for it joyfully. Anticipation is a good thing. And our desire increases um, for that thing as it gets closer and closer. Just like, you know, the, your mouth starts salivating when you know the dinner is coming. Anticipation is a wonderful thing. And anticipation can, can motivate people to, to work for that thing as, as, as they're waiting for it. And I think that's very true about the end of the book of Revelation. <clears throat> the anticipation here from Jesus Christ is that He is coming soon. And that's something that, that we should remember. Jesus is coming soon. Just like the song we played at the beginning as people were coming in. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. And we've got to be ready for it. This passage, beginning at verse 12, it takes us back a little bit to chapter, chapter 1. It, it, it kind of brings everything to a close in the book of Revelation. And uh, just like it, in any good story, it, it refers back to the beginning. But Jesus says, again, repeating some things, um, in very similar terms from, from chapter 1. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In other words, Jesus is saying that I am all things. I am the source of all things. I am the source of life. I am God. I am very God. Everything has its beginning with me. Everything has its end with me. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And not only is He the Alpha and the Omega, He's everything in between as well. This is what the Bible, or Bible scholars call Marism where you not only include the beginning and the end, but everything in between. Everything that's in the Greek dictionary, from Alpha to Omega, everything that has a name, everything that has, every action that has a name, everything that has a name, that's, you know, all of that is in Jesus Christ. He is what we call the consummation of all things. And he is reminding them of that here at, at the end. After he has proclaimed the coming of the new Jerusalem, after he has proclaimed the new heaven and new earth, after he has proclaimed uh, the eternal life that, that's available in this new kingdom for those who believe, Jesus goes back to the beginning and reminds them, all those things are because of me. 
And to anyone, any, anyone else, that, that would sound kind of arrogant. But we know that Jesus Christ, being the Son of God, is the only one who has the right to claim that sort of thing. That all things are in Him. All things begin with Him. All things will end with Him. It's no coincidence that John in his gospel, when he starts talking about Jesus Christ, he says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus was there from the very start of all things. Referring back to Genesis, and then his coming into the world, where Jesus is really... You know, what he's doing is God is reconnecting with the world again, not, not just in, in any kind of um, metaphorical sense, but in a real sense because he takes on human flesh. He takes on that human nature. He takes it into himself. He reconnects the, with the world and, and reconciles the world to God through his death and resurrection. But all things began with Jesus and all things will end with Jesus here at the end. And so... We know that, that this promise is not just a slight promise. It's a, it's, it, it's a true theological statement of existence. It is a fact. And th those theological statements that come from the Bible, th those commands that God gives, the, the descriptions of God's nature given to us, the, the laws that He had put down for us, are just as real as the scientific laws of the universe. The moral law, the moral commands are just as real as, as the natural ones. And everything that, that, that's been taught us about Jesus Christ, it is going to come to an end with Him. All of history, all things are moving towards Him. And so Jesus declares here at, at the end of the book of Revelation, all this is coming true. And you can bank on it because I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. My recompense and my reward are coming with me for all the deeds that mankind have done. Everything that, that we've, we've ever done is going to be measured in Jesus Christ. Now, that should create some anticipation in us, right? To know that, that all things are coming to an end in Jesus Christ, that should make us eager for His coming. The, the sufferings that, that we're going through right now, the, the pain and toil that we're going through right now, are going to one day end in Him. Does that create an anticipation in your heart today? You know, further down here in, um, in, in verse 17, it talks about um, the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. Let the one who desires take, excuse me, the one who desires take the water of life without price. Can you say, Lord Jesus, I wish you'd come right now. <laughs> the Holy Spirit and the bride are, are on the earth today. The, the Spirit is, is within those who believe in Jesus Christ. And as we said in the book of Revelation, the church, the people of God who have believed in Him are the bride of Christ. 
And so the Spirit and the Bride who are waiting here on earth for Jesus' return are saying, Come, Lord Jesus. The one who hears the words of the prophecy, it says here, that person says, Come. The ones who desire eternal life, the water of life that's being offered them, they, they, they say, Come. Are you desirous of what's to come? Are you desirous of Jesus Christ coming back? Because if you truly are, that, that, that means that, that something in our motivations um, needs to match up with that anticipation. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But the whole reason for this, this prophecy is, is it, you know, the biggest reason is to reveal Christ, but the purpose of revealing Christ and all of His glory in this prophecy was to encourage the churches of Asia who were suffering and under persecution. Some were under direct persecution by, by, by the, um, the, the Romans, the, the oppressive regime. Some, some were under oppression by um, various uh, Jewish synagogues who, who, who did not like them preaching about Jesus Christ. Some of them were, were just under um, a general kind of suffering and, and pressure from other people to, to abandon the faith and come back into paganism. As, uh, you know, I mean, they, they had all sorts of pressures, all sorts of things drawing them away. S some of them, you know, may not have had intense persecution, but, but there was always this draw and pull back, back away from this Christianity that they found back into the secular um, life or, or, or the life of paganism where you had to go worship at a temple. So, some of these churches, you, you couldn't, I mean, the marketplace was the temple. And, and, and in order to go into, the, in, 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 into these temples to do your business, to, to buy or purchase things that you needed, you had to bow to the God or kiss the feet of the God as you went in or do, or do, do something in homage to that God who, whose statue was right there before you can go in and buy and sell and those kinds of things. The, the, the temptation to fall back into that, that old lifestyle was always there for them and what John is doing here, in his separation from the church, in his exile on the Isle of Patmos, is to, his desire was to encourage his churches even though he's, he's there away from them. And Jesus Christ himself comes to John and says, I want to give you a revelation to encourage these churches because they need it. They need to understand me in my full glory. They need to understand me and, and, and my return. They need to understand that... that my movement is bigger than, than what this world is. Because I am the Son of God, the consummation of human history happens in me. So the tone of this prophecy, with all of its warnings and judgments, is, is encouragement to, to the churches to hold on in faith. Because evil is going to one day collapse, and God's glorious kingdom is going to come in. And, and, and all that you're going through right now is going to be minimized because of, this, of, of, of the great and glorious kingdom to come and because Jesus Christ is the Son of God who made all things, who created this world out of His love for us. One day He's coming in power and all this is going to end. And your faith and your holding on to Jesus Christ in the present will not be in vain. 
and all that, that, that oppression that they were under and, and, and all that pressure to, to, to fall back into the, the culture and fall back into the ways of the world. The more you resist this church, the more you're going to see that reward come. Jesus is coming back and all things are going to end in Him. And he's encouraging the church to hold on in anticipation for his coming. Even in the worst of circumstances, even in the most difficult of circumstances, hold on. And the early church here <coughs> anticipated Jesus' coming. So, so, some thought he was coming very soon um, dur during the first century. I think the Apostle Paul in some of his writings thought Jesus was coming back within the first century, before the end, especially seeing the events that was happening under Nero and the intense persecution. But unfortunately, Paul suffered under Nero and was martyred under Nero. And he didn't see you know, what he thought, what he anticipated. But the early church has always held on to that fact. And, 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 and in fact, the, the, the main tenet of Christianity, the thing that, that, that Christ, reason Christianity exists, is that Jesus is coming back. The advent is, is, is the thing that goes all the way through the Bible, the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. The Messiah was predicted in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, He arrives. And He sets up His kingdom on earth. And he, and he has us as believers living out that kingdom now, awaiting for his final consummation of all things. Because again, right now, we're, we're stuck between the already and the not yet. And, and the church understood this too. Jesus Christ brought his kingdom into the world, but his judgment and his, his um, authority um, in, in the world were going to be delayed until the final consummation. Why? Because this kingdom had to be of movement where throughout history Jesus was affecting God's salvation in the world to undo sin and transform people's hearts. To bring as many people into that kingdom as he can. And I have to believe that that's the main reason that, that this, the final consummation has been delayed because there's a time and hour that there's a certain number where God is going to say, all right, that's it. That's, that, that's the number of people that are going to be coming into my kingdom. That, that, that's it right here. It hurts, and, and, and I, hate, I don't like getting into predictions, but it's interesting that right now there are a little over 7 billion people on the earth. And the number seven, of course, is, is God's number. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not into numerology. I'm not into making predictions. Uh, you cannot predict Jesus' is coming. Jesus will come when he comes. In fact, Jesus, when he was here on earth, said, I don't even know when I'm coming. Only the Father has that knowledge. And he, he, he didn't give it to, to Jesus to reveal it yet. But in his good time... Well, when, when that full number of people have come to salvation, He is coming. He is coming. And the other church believed that and held on to that, that fact. And, and, and it saw them 
through a lot of things throughout the centuries. And, you know, when you're anticipating something and, and, and you're desiring it and you're wanting it, and then, then it doesn't come when you think it should come, uh, that can also bring discouragement to people's hearts. But I can tell you because of this word, because God has fulfilled every single promise in this word, I can say with assurance and faith that I, that I believe He is coming back. I know He's coming back. I don't have any doubt in my mind He's coming back. It's just a matter of when and His good timing. And we as believers today need to realize that Jesus is coming back. And we need as, as believers today to continue to anticipate His coming with bated breath, <laughs> with, with watering mouths, desiring Him to come. I can't think of, of a time in, um, in, in, in recent history where um, I haven't said, come quickly, Lord Jesus, or, or I've lost my anticipation for His coming. Because there, there's, there's times when, when it seems really worse, and, then, and then, then there's times where, okay, well, maybe He's not coming back, and then there's times where we think it's getting worse and worse. You know, my thing is, I, I, I just don't think there are that, that, that many signs of His coming. I don't, I don't think there, there's, there's not one thing that has to happen before Jesus Christ returns, I believe. Maybe the appearance of Antichrist, and, and maybe he's already appeared. Who knows? But we're not looking for Antichrist, we're looking for Christ himself. Jesus Christ is coming again soon in all of his glory. And that, that should create in, in, anticipation within our hearts today. Anticipation of, of His coming. Anticipation that He is going to come and fix all things. That He is going to come and make things right. That He is going to come in and sweep evil out of the world. He is going to come in and set up a glorious kingdom of, of, of glory and wonder and of bliss and, and, and of perfect love at the consummation of all things. And it's important, too, to remember in verse 15 of this passage, outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Anticipation for His coming should motivate us to put away these things in our hearts. You might say, well, I'm not an adulterer. Well, good for you. I'm not sexually immoral. Good for you. I'm not a sorcerer. I, I, don't, I don't get into magic. And I, that really, um, the, the word for sorcery here um, really matches the word for drug abuse. Or, 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 you know, using drugs is what sorcery means. I'm not a murderer. I haven't killed anyone. Jesus said anyone who's angry with someone has already murdered them in, in, in their hearts. You might say, I don't lie. Well, maybe I tell a little white lie. Everyone who practices falsehood, who loves and practices falsehood. 
These are the things that we have to, if we're anticipating Jesus' coming, these are the things that we've got to put off if we want to make sure that we're in that kingdom. The good news is that Jesus Christ has already paid the price for our sins, and all we have to do is repent and believe in the gospel. Because if it, when, when, when we repent from our hearts, Jesus Christ forgives our sins. He also cleanses us of our sins and sends His Spirit to dwell within us. And the, and the Spirit continues to transform us as we are anticipating His coming. And we, one of the ways we anticipate His coming is that we work to put off sin in our lives. There's a transformation that God wants to wrought in our hearts before His coming, and we need to allow Him to do that. So I would say what we need is not only a belief in Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sins, we need to be fully surrendered to God and what His will and way is so that we can be in that kingdom. And when we fully surrender to God... He is the one who does the work of cleansing from that sin. He is the one that washes those robes, as it talks about here. Those who have made their robes white. It's not that, we made the, that they made the robes white in themselves. It's that they fully surrendered to God and allowed Him to do the transforming work to remove sin within us. And, but, but our will always stands in the way of that. you know, And we need a full surrender of our will for God to really work the transformation that we need in order to truly be prepared for His coming. Because that, that anticipation that we have can be good for us, especially if we know that we've made things right with God and that He has cleansed our heart from sin. But that anticipation can also be an anticipation of dread if we had not made, made things right with God. Because he is coming with his payment. In other words, the wages for sin. But he's also coming with, with, with the reward for those who have given their hearts and lives to him fully and completely. Are you anticipating Jesus Christ coming again? Are you looking forward to it? Then you need to be motivated to do the will of God now. Because your desires for that kingdom, you won't let anything keep you from that. Because you're anticipating it with, with, with a great desire. That, that great desire, the anticipation for Jesus Christ coming and bringing back His kingdom should motivate you to seek the Lord even now. Father, forgive me of my sins. I repent of what I've done. Cleanse my heart and life. Help me, Lord, to live for you. I am fully yours. Do with me as you will. If we're anticipating Jesus' soon return, then we must make ourselves ready for it. And it is coming. I want to ask Michael if you'll pick out 
Jesus paid it all with work, if you've got that, Michael. And cue that up for just a moment. 